All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. We are out early today due to the Lincoln Riley pre- – oh, my gosh, the Brent Venables press conference. We're talking about Lincoln Riley here, so let's get after it. Uh, one thing I didn't list in my top ten things, and I think True called about it yesterday, the girl at the – or the woman, sorry, at the USC game that was yelling at Lincoln Riley, Boomer yes. Sooner. Am, am I okay if – is it okay if I'm not like a fan of that? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I, it, I mean, you know, I probably the majority feels like, hey, that's funny and take that Lincoln Riley. But yeah, I, I would be in that camp with you. I think that it's sort of, for, it rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. It's, you know, enough's enough. Enough's enough. We, we've had our fun. I and uh, I think. Was it the right way to leave Oklahoma? No. no. Has he been a bit of a jerk on different twists and turns? Yeah, I'd say so. So, in some ways, I mean, definitely Lincoln Riley's brought this upon himself, but, you know, I don't know. Don't need to be yelling at the guy. I have a, I have a June conversation that I want to plant this seed for right now. If – he was still here, would we be going through something similar that USC is right now? Well, yeah. I mean, I think at some point it was going to reach the point where Alex Grinch would be fired, mm-hmm. and it was going to take plenty more defensive uh, lapses before we got to that point. It might have happened last year. Sure. But, uh, yeah, at some point that was that day of reckoning, if you will. It was coming. was coming. Anyway, so since I mentioned Lincoln, one of the very, very, very first texts to the show came from Patrick. Patrick writes, I think Teddy is right. I think Lincoln Riley is going to go to Texas A&M because there's some strange things going on out there, evidently. Well, yeah. I mean, they're losing, number one, with a generational quarterback, number two, and I've never been – a mule shoe snake dude or anything like that, but I've always been a firm believer that he didn't do a good job developing relationships here outside of, you know, who he wanted to or within that that building. And then number two, it's it's a little different world whenever you kind of get the hope up in LA and then you try to shut everyone out. I mean, they don't they don't give a bleep, man. Well, it's I mean the nation's what second biggest media market. So here is Patrick's seven step or uh, seven points of information. You ready? Okay. Number one, Lincoln Riley mystery illness. Number two, Jimbo Fisher fired after a win. Yeah, it seems kind of odd to fire a coach after giving up fifty-one points. It's like you've already. Scoring. Yeah. It's like you've already made up your mind. Doesn't want to play a Big Ten schedule. Number four has Texas ties. Number five has unbelievable five-star talent already on the roster. Mm -hmm. Number six knows Nick Saban's going to retire the next few years, and the SEC is winnable. And number seven, and the thing that always stands out to me about A&M, unlimited resources. I mean, they just paid a guy $78 million to go away. (laughs) To not coach. Think about that for a moment. I will go away for a quarter of that. Well, and that's – that's. That. I, I know we say resources, resources, resources. So you got to win. 
Well, but with Lincoln Riley, is USC saying, okay, cool, yeah, you can have him? Or, I mean, the buyout, I would, I think, would be a big-time obstacle. Sure. Absolutely. We, we don't know what the number looks like because it's <laughs> the, the numbers are private, right? But I, I would imagine it's a large, large tag to pry Lincoln Riley away if you yeah. wanted to go that route. So I don't view that being very, <laughs> very realistic. Unless USC said, yeah, thanks. By the way, the uh, the nine one eight says the the Venables to A and M thing was an OSU troll making up the odds. Yeah, I mean, I just the names that keep getting brought up that I hear the most are Elko and um, uh, Trailer, which I think would be two great hires. We get to, I, I I think people are getting smarter in the coaching hiring cycle. I really do. Hire good coaches. Hire good. You don't need to go out and find someone that's flashy and has some sizzle. Go find a good coach. Mike Elko is a good coach. He's one at Duke. Okay? Yeah. Uh, and he knows, I think, that eventually you got to go somewhere where you can get better players. I think David Cutcliffe learned that. Spurrier learned that. And you get paid a boatload of money. They love you and hate him. Yeah, and uh, even if you wind up as uh, the public enemy number one, well, guess, guess what? what? Here's $78 million to go away. <laughs> oh, All right, do you want to kind of hustle through a top five stories of the day here? Sure. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Let's do it. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107. You can learn more by logging on to newcastlecasino.com. I I did see, by the way, real quick before we hit number five, Mark from Enid said, OSU better be careful. Gundy might just take a payday. He flirted with the Tennessee stuff back in the day. I think that'd be a good job for Mike Gundy, actually. Now, I I don't think Mike Gundy's ever going to go anywhere because he kind of runs the show. But I will say... Uh, Occasionally, pressure creeps in, but for the most part, it appears to be, I think, fairly laid back. I mean, literally outside of, like, one dude in the media uh, who really spends most of their time destroying Mike Gundy for the decisions that he makes. Not many. All right, um, big story number five. Number five. That would be uh, an interesting hire, though. I think it'd be a good hire. Oh, it'd be a great hire. I think it'd be a good hire for a and But again, I like I said, Mike, I don't think Gundy's going anywhere. He'd have to get uh, a couple of big-time recruiters because he doesn't seem interested in doing that. So from that standpoint, it wouldn't be great. But anyways. Yeah, um, big story number five. Josh, we um, – we have hoops tonight. That we do. I I was I was sitting there bugging Toby all morning. I feel terrible about it. I'm like, can we do this? Do you need me for this? What's going on here? He's trying to get ready for a basketball game tonight. 7 o'clock inside the Lloyd Noble Center. Oklahoma and Texas State. OU and Texas State will get after it. Um, I wrote a preview article for Boyd Street. I guess by the time it hits in December, it'll be more of a, hey, in process. I guess it didn't really 
register with me just the massive roster overhaul that they had. By my count, there were only three guys that played minutes last year, Josh, that played in the season opener. Otega Owe, um, Sam Godwin, and why am I blanking on the most important guy, the the point guard? Milos Uzan. Milos Uzan, thank you. That's it. Those are the only three. It's unbelievable. Um, Javon McCollum, John Healy the fourth, Jalen Moore, the two freshmen who I didn't even really talk about in the article. I don't and Caden Cooper and Jacob Cole. Mm-hmm. What have they done so far this year? I don't think they've done so fairly much. Which, you know, that's not shocking. Young guys. I mean, middle of the season you might start seeing those two impact things a little bit. So uh big start number five, OU Hoops tonight. And then also congratulations to the OU women's basketball team who made their season debut in the preseason top 25, Oklahoma number number 25. Yeah. Explain this to me, by Go the ahead. Way. Have you looked at this poll? Uh-huh. Who's number 23? Oh, my gosh. Ole Miss, whom they beat. How are they ranked below Ole Miss? <laughs> Where did they beat Ole Miss? In, in Oxford. Okay. How is that team ranked in front of OU? They can't be ranked in front of them. Stop it, people. Come on. OU will play Alabama State. Is this right? Tomorrow at 10.30 a.m.? That can't be right. Stupid pollsters. Come on. Get it together. I guess I don't understand. You know, I, I completely and totally get in some instances where you beat a team, but yet you've got two losses and they've only got one, so they stay in front of you. But when you're undefeated and they have one loss and you beat them at their place, at their place make it make sense. All right. Uh, big story number four. Number four. So, Josh, yesterday, Jim Harbaugh spoke about his suspension, and I thought that it was an interesting roller coaster ride. But here we, um, here we go. Question included in this as well. Wait for it. Jim, I just wanted to clarify, how were you informed on Friday about the decision? Just somebody showed me the phone. So via social media or the Big Ten contacted you? Uh, via social media. Yeah, via social media. Did you expect to hear from the Big Ten, though? I mean, what, did that catch you off guard that you're reading about it on social media? Ward was pretty, pretty upset. He was on the plane, too. He's pretty upset that he, he heard it through social media and not through, through the office, Big Ten office. Wait, so they didn't call the athletic department? Nope. And that had been rumored and that had been talked about, and I think Ward Manuel even mentioned it. Oh, man, that's pretty bad. But to hear the coach basically say, yeah, some dude showed me the phone and that's how I found out I was suspended. That's pretty cold, man. Well, it's weak is what it is. Uh, A little bit more from Harbaugh. He has declared Michigan America's team. It's got to be America's team. It's got to be America's team. America America loves a team that, that, uh, you know, beats the odds, beats the adversity, you know, overcomes what the naysayers and, you know, critics, so-called experts think. That's my favorite kind of team. You saw Heaven's uh, FX, his (laughs) – Reboot on that quote? Yes. Yes, I did. It was fantastic. 
And then there was one more here from Harbaugh that I wanted to play. Oh, I thought that's what you were playing. I got scared for a second. I was like, is, is he playing a fake quote no, right now? No, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're good. And then Harbaugh on if he expected to hear from the Big Ten at all. Did you expect to hear from the Big Ten, though? I mean, did that catch off guard that you're reading about it on social media? Moore was pretty pretty upset. He was on the plane, too. He's pretty upset that he. Oh yeah, that's the minimized version. I'm sorry. They have they gave me two different. I thought there were two different ways about hearing from him. I'm sorry, my bad. Oh man, that is uh, that's pretty bad from the Big Ten offices. I mean, you've look, covered the Big Ten for a while now. I know it's a new leadership, but is this? I don't know. Are they is this how they roll? <laughs> Never let you know anything. Well, I think this is a unique situation. Now keep in mind that you know you had Kevin Warren, and now this is. This is the first big controversy, really. First couple of controversies for Tony Petiti. Yeah. So, is this how the Big Ten operates? Well, apparently under Petiti, yes, right? But we, we didn't really have a track record uh, beforehand, so wild. Now, the, the Michigan thinking about leaving the Big Ten stuff, I mean, it's just lip service, right? I mean, that's just something you say when you're upset. They just signed a new TV deal. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. They, I mean, they're they're boxed in. All right. Um, oh, by the way, a couple of quick things. Uh, jo- I don't know why. Every time I open up, I always see the real man, Josh from KAR Equipment. You know, we got the we got the the man's the man's man, Josh KAR Equipment, the Tommy Bacons of the world, real men, right? That actually do real men things. He writes, Harbaugh is high. America. Well, that's not from Josh. I'm sorry. Josh writes, America loves a team that plays by the rule. <laughs> Mark from Eden, uh, Harbaugh is high. America does not love Michigan. And uh, <laughs> look, Ohio, then why is Dallas America's team? They can't overcome the adversity that is the postseason, so there's that. I don't think anybody can dub themselves the American team. It has to happen uh, organically. Yeah, the ten. I thought. See, I I apologize. I thought we already did the early game for OU women's basketball. I thought that was their first game of the year. I thought that was the field trip game. Have you ever been to the field trip game before, Josh? No, but I've experienced it right here on these airwaves. It's rowdy, bro. It is. It is something else. All right. Um, what were we at? Big story number three. Number is that, three. Is that right? Because our ball was four. Bring them, bro. It's loud in there. Number three. Number three, um, Oklahoma City in action tonight. The Thunder take on the San Antonio Spurs. Ooh. Not bad. A little Victor Wimbenyama making his first appearance inside the Paycom Center. I don't care about records now, but I think Oklahoma City's playing pretty well. They won 6 of 10. They had no business losing to Sacramento over the weekend, but they bounced back and won, what, two nights ago? So, nice start to the season for the Thunder. Yeah, they beat uh, Phoenix. Oh, they beat Kevin Durant. Traitor! Snake! Take that. Yeah, It was we, kind of nice to see that we have moved past that a little bit. Yeah, there really wasn't uh, a lot of buzz on that, was yeah, there? Yeah, we moved it's, past that a little bit. And it was out in Phoenix, too. But, uh, you know, we'll see how they play. They're uh, – unf- I don't know if division matter anymore in the NBA, but they're off to a good start. 6.30 tonight. TNT, I believe this is the first nationally televised game for the Thunder this year. All right, big story number two. Oops, sorry. Number two. It's not your bad. Big story number two. It is a happy day 
for the Broncos fans across America. This ball spotted far hash at the 26, an attempt of 36 yards for the win. Lutz kicks it on the way, and it is good! The Broncos can celebrate because they have come to Buffalo and upset the Bills by a final score of 24-22. to That couldn't be the Denver broadcast, right? This says Denver broadcast, game-winning. I think you'd be a little bit more juiced than that after missing the first one, right? Um, I guess so. It's got to be. Boo. Have some juice, baby. What's going on here? Just went on the road and beat the Bills. Was it intentional to have 12 out there? Why do you think it would be intentional? What's just to see if they're going to catch it? Ah, oh. I mean, probably not, right? Did you, but did you catch who the twelfth man was on the field? Who was it? It was Demar Hamlin. Oh my goodness! Which leads me to the tweet I'm going to show you during the break. Oh no! Um, oh no! The bill. Oh, no. I'm just preparing you now. The Bills. How, how do you let that happen? I don't know. What are you doing? It's just. Was it the fire drill from Denver that so, led to okay. it? Denver did that twice at the yeah in the first half at, and it was executed to perfection and in all honesty it was executed to perfection in that moment but he missed the kick yeah I, I thought they went too fast I so I would say it was not executed to perfection Fair because enough. they missed the kick and and oh by the way if they had made the kick they left time on the clock there were so, still four seconds left so really they needed to wait it. <sighs> exhale three right. more seconds boom then snap the football and kick it away and oh by the way they missed it but oh new life from buffalo what are you doing mm. Mm. uh anything oh they fired ken dorsey this morning yeah he done oh and then robert sala after the jets lost to the raiders on sunday night football did i say john sala robert sala okay yeah robert. that's what you said okay good was asked about a quarterback change we're talking there's nothing with the quarterback nothing with the play caller you know we're just looking at things and with regards to schematically the things that we can do differently uh some different personnel uh personnel changes which i'm, I'm going to keep here with me but we're looking across the board to see if we can find a way to generate some offense yeah we don't have a lot of other options guys at quarterback i like how all of a sudden it became well if they would have got josh dobbs <laughs> kind of Calm down, everybody. Dobbs is in a nice run right now. But he is. He's going to come back to earth rather quickly. I know. Yeah, You'd think, but <laughs> he's having a nice year. Gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. So play well, celebrate, get rewarded. Here is a look at some of the honors that Oklahoma has. Well, I guess maybe we should be specific here. Here's some of the honors for one Dylan Gabriel. Uh, Gabriel has been named a uh, he's been named the Big Twelve Player of the Week. He's been named the Davy O'Brien National Quarterback of the Week, and he's been named one of seventeen semifinalists for the Maxwell Award for the Collegiate Player of the Year. I saw something, too, from Stuart Mandel that I wanted to – yeah, my man, super nerd Stuart Mandel, that I wanted to wanted to get into. They, they've started doing their Heisman straw polls again. 
I am a um, I'm kind of a firm believer that Jaden Daniels might be the leader for well, the Heisman Trophy right now. Didn't he put up like 600 yards of offense? Yeah, um, but they still have Michael Penix Jr. But here's what's wild about it. 1928-33. Bodacious. They have 33 guys voting, and four different guys receive first-place votes. I think that's pretty wild this late. Usually it's like two or three. Well, two. But Penix, Daniels, Harrison, and Nix. Jordan Travis picked up one third-place vote. Pretty cool. Everybody's sleeping on Jordan Travis. Sleeping Unbelievable. On Jordan Travis. And then um, Oklahoma did announce its captains for Saturday in the early game against uh, BYU. Got a frosh in there. A couple of froshes. Yeah, they but do, true don't frosh. they? Uh, Kendall Dolby, Caden Green, Gavin Sawchuck, Jacob Sexton, DeJon Terry, and for the first time this year, R. Mason Thomas. R. Mason Thomas is a guy that I think is going to be a beast. I think I, I've I've tried to I've tried to accelerate that this year, Josh, and he's just been too dinged up. But I think next year is going to be special. You're still buying stock. I am still buying stock. All right, hey, when we come back, a fresh set of bowl projections from the Athletic. We'll dive into it next. Oh shoot, we got to hurry. We got one minute before BV. Uh, the most recent projections from the Athletic has Oklahoma in the. Alamo Bowl against Oregon State. But here's the thing. Hmm, that'd be sort of a unique opponent. I I, I think so, too. Alamo I, Bowl's kind of, eh, but hey, it is what it is. I'm not counting out anything right now because their at-larges are Penn State, Missouri, obviously SMU, Washington, and Alabama. And with Florida State getting in to the 14 playoff from their projections, they've got Louisville, Louisville, going to the Orange Bowl where they would take on Ohio State. I'm not counting out the New Year's Day six bowls of the Sooners win their last two games. And and then, you know, playing the Big 12 championship game, you hope. So I'm not counting out anything. We'll dive more into that to kick off the show tomorrow. But right now it's time for the Brenton Venables Press Conference right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.